New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, here's Noam Layden on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March 1st. March already, huh? Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, a cloudy day on the way. Some mistiness this afternoon, high 45. Tonight, overnight, clouds hang around. Could see a pop-up shower, low 41. Thursday, sun and clouds, high 56. If you are walking out the door with us right now, it is 32 and cloudy. So happier here, so much to get to. Uh, I have to thank the powers that be, uh, Margot and John, who are doing everything they can to promote this early morning, 5 o'clock hour. And one of the things they did, which is fantastic, uh, John sent me an ad they put in the New York Post today for the show. And it is a picture of me and of uh, Joe Nolan and Lou Dobbs um, and Justin Ellick. And um, I'm looking at the picture and... Uh, I think of my mother, uh, may she rest in peace, where she was older, she would look into the mirror and look at pictures of herself and say, am I that old woman in the picture? Because she's like, I don't feel that way. And this morning I'm looking at that picture and I'm like saying the same thing. I'm like, I am so my mother's child in so many ways. But I'm looking at that picture and I'm like, oh, my God, I am the old man in that picture. I don't see that same guy in the mirror and I don't feel that way inside, but you know, each year you get a little older. It's better than, the, you know, what could happen the other way. So, all right, let's get into it. The headlines. The top five at five. Millions of Americans will lose a food stamp benefit today. The water finally back on in Hoboken. A tragedy on the tracks in Greece. Some grocery store workers in the city asking for more protection. And there may be more soon, more places to go when you have to go. I kind of butchered that. I meant to say, and there may soon be more places to go when you have to go. That's a better headline. All right, let's get into it. Some New Yorkers are stocking up on pricier food items like meat, eggs, and salmon before their monthly food stamp benefits are drastically uh, drastically reduced. That begins today. After about three years, the federal government is ending the pandemic-era payments today for 30 million low-income families on what's called the SNAP program, which stands for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It gave these families an extra 95 bucks. And when you talk to some of these families, they say this was a big deal. 95 bucks got them a lot more grocery. The extra benefit was $95 a month. I'm going to have to have smaller portions. Uh, I'm going to have to judiciously hit the pantries because they're a lifesaver for a New Yorker like myself. So we will watch this closely, but food pantries say they are ready, or at least they think they are, for what they think will be a surge of families now that this $95 is going away. Individuals that we talked to who receive SNAP benefits have really talked about being able to buy more fresh produce, being able to buy more fresh meats and proteins for their families. Um, And the biggest concern, I think, is that, that those dollars aren't going to be available. 
The elimination of this extra SNAP benefit comes, of course, as inflation surges, wages, of course, not keeping up. And that's what has the people who run these food pantries pretty worried. Every dollar that's spent in the community gets amplified. That It's economic activity. So um, this is a huge loss, not only to food insecure households, but also to the economy. And again, we'll stay in touch with some of our friends that run some of these food pantries across the city, see if they do see that surge that they think will happen in the coming weeks. WABC News Time 504. An unusual theft in a Queens subway station over the weekend. It's uh, leading the NYPD to ask us, the public, for help. Our own WABC's Alex Barnard is here live with that report. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. Yes, that is right. This is a pretty weird one. So police say a man walked into the Roosevelt Avenue Jackson Heights subway station Saturday morning and tore down an air sampling machine from the platform. The machines have been set up by the Department of Homeland Security and can provide early warnings in the event of chemical and biological threats. Uh, The man is described as having short, dark hair, light complexion, and a medium build, and he took the device onto a northbound F train and has not been seen since. But police have released photos of him. So this is – I have not seen this story, by the way, Alex, anywhere, so good job. Why – shouldn't we be more worried? I mean, this is – if this is something that is uh, testing the air for what could be some sort of uh, chemical attack by a terrorist, uh, I would think we should be more worried, no? Well, I I think we should be a little bit worried about it, too, but I don't see it necessarily being something that people are doing more often. I mean, this had to have been something that the guy didn't even know what it was and just thought, oh, this looks expensive. Let me tear this down. I can make a quick buck off of it. Mm, I hope you're right. Well, maybe it, maybe it's up on eBay as we speak. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or Facebook or whatever. All right, thank you, WABC's Alex Barnard. A passenger train in Greece carrying hundreds of people, including many college students returning home from holiday, collided at a high speed with an oncoming freight train. This is while we were sleeping. The fiery wreck in northern Greece killed at least 36. It's injured 85. The thought is the death toll will go higher. Here's a passenger who survived. There was panic for 10, 15 seconds. It was chaos, tumbling over, fires, cables hanging, broken windows, people screaming, people trapped. It was two meters high from where we jumped to leave, and beneath that was broken iron debris. But what could we do? Crash site about 185 miles north of Athens. Officials say multiple trains derailed. At least three cars caught fire after the crash of the train that had left a station in Athens. Survivors say several passengers were thrown through the windows of the train cars due to the impact. They say others fought to free themselves after the passenger train buckled, slamming into a field near a gorge. Again, the thought is here the death toll will rise. We'll follow this story as the morning wears on. WABC News Time 5. Let's go out to Hoboken, New Jersey. Boy, they've been having water issues over the last couple of days. People, no water at all or low water. Well, the good news is the water is back on. The bad news is you can't drink it. It's a boil water advisory. It's all because of this water main that was accidentally broken by construction workers. Hoboken Mayor, Mayor Ravi Bala 
saying a 16-inch main uh, burst on Observer Highway in the city of, what's about 45,000 people? I'm very upset about this situation. People can't flush their toilets, take showers, brush their teeth, these basic things. Yeah, that was the case yesterday. So water back on, boil, water advisory in place, water trucks, water stations have been set up all over the city for people who want to get drinking water available every couple blocks in that mile square city. WABC News Time 510, a group of women can be seen on surveillance video inside a Bronx grocery store pummeling a cashier allegedly after a disagreement over recyclables in waiting in line. Boy, this video is hard to watch. But this poor woman, the cashier, just trying to do her job, when this woman reaches over the counter, grabs and pulls her hair. Not, uh, you know, not a light pull, but just a yanking pull, then starts pummeling her over and over again. Thankfully, some store workers, other customers came in to break up that fight. The owner of the store in the Bronx said he's really upset by this. We'll be talking to her next week to see how she feels to come back to work. But right now... She's a little bit shaken up with the situation. We will not let this cancer take over our business and employees. Luna, the cashier, afraid to come back to work, and who can blame her? Right now, we are offering a $2,500 reward to anybody that gives us information. We're very concerned. The other cashiers are very scared. We don't know if people are going to come back or try to harm them in any way. Yeah, store owner is saying that state and local leaders need to make assaults on grocery store workers a felony-level punishment. Meanwhile, this woman afraid to go back to the job. WABC News Time 511, uh, NYPD, urging businesses to be on alert for thieves taking advantage of pandemic-related protocols. Maybe you've seen this. I have. At some stores across the city, there are signs in the window that say you cannot wear your mask when you walk in the store. Of course, that's very different than during the pandemic when it said you had to. Why? Because... Uh, they're afraid people who come on with masks are going to rob them. That's what's been happening. The NYPD chief of department says far too many criminals are wearing masks and rubber gloves to carry out crimes, suggesting that businesses impose a condition for entry. Put that sign in the window, no mask, no gloves, or if you wear a mask and you have gloves, no service. That people, when they come in, they should show their face. They should identify themselves. And if they feel like they want to put their mask back on after they identify themselves for their safety, by all means, they should do so. Daily, the NYPD sends out these pictures of people they're looking for. They send them to us. Sometimes we post them on our website. And invariably, over the last two years, it's been people with masks on and gloves on. Of course, it makes it much harder for them to find. The cameras only pick up small portions of their face. It comes up. The plea from the police to put these signs in the window or to stop people with masks from coming in comes after this 78-year-old woman was viciously attacked during a jewelry store robbery in Queens where one of the suspects impersonated an Amazon delivery worker and had a mask on. We need our businesses to be proactive and do their due diligence. We need to make sure people are identifying themselves. They need to look at indicators. WABC News Time 513. A 15-year-old boy shot in his Staten Island apartment earlier this month, has died from his injuries. And now police are revealing that the trigger man was his older brother. Stephen Estevez struck in the head on the second floor of his building. This was back on February 16th. He was in the hospital all this time till he passed away. Neighbors say the brothers were inseparable. If you see one, you see the other. They're so close together and it's sad to know what happened. And they say it's supposed to be a mistake. And I said, why are we playing with guns? 
His 17-year-old brother, identified by uh, police as David Estevez, arrested, hit with assault and weapons possession charges. But police are saying they think this shooting may be accidental. They're still investigating. WABC News Time 514. Governor Hochul promising to keep up a huge effort on gun violence prevention. She says shootings in the state going up rapidly at this time last year, but the trend has now reversed. And then she rattled off a number of actions taken to address the gun issue. Shootings have dropped 15 percent just compared to the year before. New York City down 17 percent, down 17 percent. I don't think you're seeing that in the headlines. Governor says she's pushing hard for more programs to address mental health, including getting programs into schools. So we can eradicate what the kids are going through, help them now before we end up having to invest in their entire lifetime. Let's deal with this now, the root causes. Let's be in that nurturing environment. Go from the governor in New York to the governor in New Jersey, Governor Murphy, laying out proposals for the upcoming budget to achieve his vision of what he calls the next New Jersey. Okay, The next New Jersey is where opportunity grows, where rights are protected, Mm -hmm. and where we fight for each other and not with each other. So here's what he's celebrating. He says, for the third year in a row, spending plan calls for an increase in direct property tax relief. That's big, of course, in New Jersey, and additional school funding. This entire budget is purpose-built to help you find your place in the next New Jersey by securing your place in the New Jersey of right now. He has to make these moves. I mean, just much like New York, uh, people in New Jersey are moving south, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, because property taxes are so damn high in New Jersey. This is the next New Jersey, a New Jersey that leads with compassion mm-hmm. and understanding. All right, I'm new- enough of the governor. WABC News Time 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning, Noam Layden. Happy Wednesday morning. We'll start here on the hardwood. The Nets ran into the buzzsaw that is the Milwaukee Bucks last night, losing 118 to 104 at home. While the Bucks secured their 15th straight win and now sit a half game above the Boston Celtics for first place in the Eastern Conference. No surprises in the box score with Giannis leading all scores with his 33 points in his return to the floor after missing Sunday night's game with a bruised right quadriceps. Mikel Bridges led the Nets with his 31 points in 37 minutes on the floor and had this to say following the game on the loss. Credit to them. That's, I mean, I think they're the top defense in the league and, you know, they got the, the coaches and the players. But, uh, yeah, we weren't getting stopped, so it kind of set their half-court defense. Up next for the Nets is the short trip to MSG tonight to battle the Knicks. That tip-off is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. On the ice, the Islanders fell 2-1 to in a shootout to the Wild out in Minnesota. Josh Bailey was the lone goal scorer for New York, giving the Isles an early 1-0 lead in the first before Minnesota's Ryan Reeves answered back just under five minutes later. Frederick Goudreau netted the winner in the shootout for the Wild as the Islanders look to bounce back when they host the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday night. The Devils and Rangers will return to the ice tonight. New Jersey gets set to take on the Avalanche in Colorado at 9 p.m. And the Rangers will be in Philadelphia to face off with the Flyers at 7.30. And the Rangers' shiny new toy in newly acquired Patrick Kane. He won't don the blue shirt sweater until tomorrow night when the Rangers return home to welcome in the Ottawa Centers. A little birdie told me said Rosenberg might be in attendance for that one. I heard that. Yeah, right? Spectacular. (laughs) Good for him. Getting to see the debut of big number 88. And quick college basketball update last night. Seton Hall falls 76-72 to at home to Villanova. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. I watched that Villanova game. uh, Heartbreak for Seton Hall, but it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, sure you did. I did. Okay. 
You don't believe me? Nah. <laughs> go, go ahead, test me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was the final score, No, <laughs> I have no idea. WABC News Time 519. Lots more to get to on this Wednesday morning. Over at Rutgers, a threat of a strike. And when you have to go in the city, there may be a place to go soon. We'll get into that and more. But first, a check of Wall Street with Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. March trading begins today, February, marking another slow month for stocks. Two out of the past three months on Wall Street have been negative. Investors still holding back as interest rate hike concerns are mounting. Manufacturing data forecast to be slightly higher this month. If that forecast holds up, it would be the first increase in the index in three months. Only a slight rebound, though the index fell a full percent from December to January. Lowe's earnings out today. Investors looking for better guidance than rival Home Depot. Shares of Home Depot tumbled after mixed earnings and a disappointing outlook. Lowe's stock up 6% this year. Salesforce stock up more than 20%. The outlook improving after Salesforce announced a sweeping round of layoffs. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 520. This stuff always bothers me with it comes to the 9-11 first responders fund and they're not funding it enough. Really? Well, here we go again. Lawmakers from New York, New Jersey, working to close a budget shortfall in the World Trade Center health program, which is helping to pay the bills for all those people who got sick, who worked on the pile after the 9-11 attacks. Senator Chuck Schumer, Cory Booker say the program that helps 9-11 first responders will need at least another $2 billion as soon as 2028. We don't want to wait. We want to get it done. Nobody here is asking for charity. They're asking us to fulfill our oath and our promise. We're not begging for something. It's something that you owe the people that responded. Right. The uh, bipartisan bill would increase funding, change the program's funding to formula to keep pace with the increasing medical costs. It would also expand coverage to those who responded to the Pentagon and the in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. That is not a distant problem, not to the survivors, not to the first responders, not to those who knew they were down there at the pile and wonder what illness might come up next for them. Of course, when you hear these stories, and we know what happened after the 9-11 attacks and how people have come down with all different forms of cancer, you think about the people in East Palestine, what might happen down the road for them? A Uniform Fire Officers Association President, John McCarthy, making the case also to keep the money flowing into this fund. We get cancer at a higher percentage than the general population. That's why we need this funding. That's why we need this uh Bill to pass. That's why we need the extra money. WABC News Time 522. Out to New Brunswick, New Jersey. Faculty and staff at Rutgers University threatening to strike for the first time in the school's history. I'll stand out here in the cold all day long as long as it's as long as it's speaking truth to power against this corporate monolith. Don't think that because it's a state university that it's not a corporate monolith. Two unions that represent thousands of the university workers have been negotiating with the college for about nine months. That's when their contract expired last uh, June. But they can't reach agreements on pay raises and medical care costs. In a statement, Rutgers pushing back, saying it's committed to negotiating fair and reasonable contracts, but they say so far the union hasn't brought them one. I'm here to support the union. We are all brothers and sisters. 
and we got to stay united to fight to make sure all of us are treated fairly. Apparently, they'll make the decision on a strike over the next 10 days. WABC News Time 523, Mayor Eric Adams giving a rousing speech yesterday on mixing religion and politics. Whether he meant to or not, don't know. While some people agreed with his honor, others say it touched a nerve. Here's what the mayor had to say. When we took prayers out of schools, guns came into schools. We become so hip, so cool, so Instagram-ish, so Facebook-ish, so Twitter-ish, that we have TikTok our way out of the humanity that we've always known. All right, so that was the beginning of the speech. The mayor sermonized it was his interfaith breakfast about the importance of beliefs, all beliefs. And uh, then he went on, and uh, this is where he said, this is my personal belief, and then this is what he had to say. Tell me about no separation of church and state. State is the body. Church is the heart. You take the heart out of the body, the body dies. I can't separate my belief because I'm a elected official. Yeah, so those comments prompted what was an immediate response from Donna Lieberman. She's the executive director of the New York Civil Liberties Union, who took the mayor to task, said that the mayor needs a refresher on the First Amendment, that uh, he was sworn to uphold separation of church and state. So, uh, you know, mayor pushing back. The mayor said, look, he did nothing wrong. And his spokespeople say, hey, it was his personal opinion. He's allowed to give his personal opinion. WABC News Time 525. This is the age-old problem in New York City. When you have to go, where do you go? Now, I, when, when the kids were younger, I knew that you could just, I just hold up one of my kids and say he has to go walk into any restaurant, any cafe, any Starbucks, and you hold up a little kid and you say you have to go, people will always open up the restroom for you. But when you're older, when you're just some schlub like me walking the street and you need to use the bathroom, you have to be more creative. I always find hotels. That works, right? Walk into a hotel lobby here in Midtown. Don't ask questions. Go right to the bathroom and you're, you're fine. But for other people, I don't know, just not that easy. So the city... Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno, he's your numero uno. Now is hoping to change the narrative of not having enough bathrooms to go around. New York City Parks Department says they will install what are called Portland loos. I guess they were created in Portland, Oregon. They'll do it in five different locations across the five boroughs. It's a test program. Each restroom, ready for this? Each restroom costs $185,000. Uh, the city will invest a total of $5 million to have the public toilets installed. The big price tag reflecting the cost of installing the new utility lines for water and electricity to service these loos. That's according to a a park spokesman. People out in parks yesterday say, you know, yeah, it's a good idea to pub- public toilet out here. But others say, well, there's other ways to relieve yourself. Most people, especially men or children, they use um, the tree. Yeah. 
<laughs> she said, if you didn't hear that, she said, most men use a tree, which is true. I've seen that many times before. Uh, New Yorkers can expect the public restrooms to be up and running this pilot program by the summer of 2024. So I guess you have to hold it in until then. So much more to get to on this Wednesday morning. I'm just getting started. We're going to go out to East Palestine, where it's another crazy, wild day. Another near miss on the runway, this time in Chicago. And Hoda Kotb, where is she? We'll search for her in the final half hour of this show. WABC News Time 529. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, here's Noam Layden on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me, WABC News Time 530. Good morning. It is Wednesday. It's already March, March 1st. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Cloudy day on the way. Some misting. This afternoon, high 45. Tonight and overnight, the clouds hang around. Could see a pop-up shower, low 41. And then Thursday, sun reappears. Some clouds to high 56. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 32 and cloudy. Getting some breaking news uh, during that last break. Uh, a wild scene in uh, Manhattan, the JFK airport out in Queens last night. The details are sketchy, but here's what I can tell you. Police have arrested a man who stole an American Airlines bus from JFK Airport and took it for a joy ride. This happened about two hours ago. The suspect uh, jumped into this bus that was left running in Lot 12 at JFK. He then took it uh, to the Grand Central, crossed into Manhattan, flew down the FDR Drive before crossing the Brooklyn Bridge. His chase spanned across multiple boroughs, as you hear. Police say they were finally able to stop the man about 15 miles from the airport in downtown Brooklyn. The good news here, nobody hurt and nobody on the bus except for this dope who stole it. Of course, as more details come in about that story, we will pass them on to you crazy. WABC News Time 532. There will be a new mayor of Chicago. Incumbent Democrat Lori Lightfoot conceded last night in her bid for re-election. Uh, she's not she didn't make it to the final runoff. I'm internally grateful to everyone who gave us their time, support and money and prayers. Thank you to the, from the bottom of my heart. God bless you. God bless this incredible city. It's been the honor of a lifetime to be mayor. So one termer she'll be. She congratulated Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis, who are on this collision course to meet in a runoff election on April 4th. Johnson is the county board commissioner in Chicago. Vallis is an interesting guy. He's a former public schools executive, the son of Greek immigrants who ran this law and order campaign. He got the most votes, thought as he probably will win this runoff. Public safety is the fundamental right of every American. It is a civil right. And it is the principal responsibility of government. And we will have a safe Chicago. We will make Chicago the safest city in America. That runoff is going to take place on April 4th. WABC News Time 533. Two planes. Close call. Boston Logan International Monday night. One took off 
without clearance as another was trying to land. A JetBlue plane that was landing took evasive action to avoid this Learjet that was taking off. The incident took place around 7 at night. This woman was on the JetBlue plane that she thought, she said, I saw the pavement. We were about to land and all of a sudden we pulled right back up. And you could already see the ground. We were seconds away from touching. And then we immediately just went back up. And I looked over because I was on the ILC at the girl next to me. We both looked at each other like really confused. Like, did we did we just abort the landing? Thankfully, nobody heard here, but it obviously could have been a disaster. The JetBlue pilot took a sudden climb out of the landing as the smaller plane crossed the intersection. They didn't share how close the two planes came, but it sounds like it was awfully close. This one of a bunch of near misses over the last couple months at airports across the country. Of course, right here in our backyard, there was one at uh, LaGuardia not too long ago. WABC News Time 534. Let's go out to East Palestine, Ohio. The story just doesn't seem to end there. A, a mobile lab that can provide instant air analysis has arrived in East Palestine, Ohio. Now, mind you, the accident took place back on February 3rd. They burned off the chemicals over the following days that seeped out of those freight trains. And now they are bringing the mobile lab in. I mean, I guess better late than never, but they probably could have used it back on February 3rd and February 4th. This means we don't have to send samples away for analysis. We can analyze them right here in the bus as we collect them and provide the results in very quickly. EPA Regional Administrator Deborah Shore there announcing that they brought in this thing. It's called the Trace Atmospheric Gas Analyzer. That sounds kind of cool. Wait, does that work? Is that tag? No, it doesn't. A TAGA. No, that works. A TAGA, a mobile laboratory. Uh, and uh, she explains a little more. Dioxin is a secondary byproduct. We didn't find elevated levels of those primary byproducts, which suggested to our scientists that there was not a further risk of dioxin. Yeah, but people are complaining of all kinds of illnesses since this took a place, and maybe that air machine should have been there day one. Democrats calling on the CEO of Norfolk Southern, the railroad, to testify before Congress after this derailment. Norfolk Southern, you've broken your trust with the American people. The American people and, of course, the people of East Palestine deserve answers. That's, of course, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer. Why would Norfolk Southern launch a $10 billion, $10 billion stock buyback last year when they could have and clearly should have used that money to upgrade safety equipment? Now, they want to blame the Democrats. Schumer says uh, that the rail companies worked with the Trump administration to roll back safety standards. So they're trying to pin this on the Republicans. No surprise the Republicans are trying to pin this on the Democrats. Now you had House Republicans yesterday urging President Biden to visit East Palestine, or Palestine, which he hasn't done. The bright spot in all of this is the work of the first responders, the local mayor and other local officials and the residents who are determined to get back to normal. But President Biden has been conspicuously silent. Congressman Bill Johnson there, who represents the district that includes East Palestine, he says they need assurance from the federal government that it's working to clean up and take care of the people there. Mr. President, it's past time for you to make the short trip to East Palestine and show up for the 5,000 Americans who call that little small Appalachian village home. Is there a West Palestine, and why do they call it Palestine and not Palestine? So many questions. March 1st, that's, of course, today, it marks the start of the sea turtle nesting season in Florida, which I signed up 
completely fascinating. I don't have enough time to go into the whole nesting thing. But uh, Hollywood Mayor Josh Levy says Broward and other coastal municipalities will start to dim the lights in those towns near the water to reduce the amount of artificial light reaching the beast. Uh, because it causes hatchings, these turtle hatchings, to become disoriented, and some of them will crawl away from uh, from the nesting, and I guess it it impacts the whole turtle population. But apparently, the turtle population is pretty healthy, according to the mayor. We want to really make sure we take care of our wildlife here and um, be good stewards to uh, the sea turtle nest and the sea turtles and have them have a successful hatching season. Yeah, apparently this is just fascinating to watch. Last year, Broward documented a record-breaking 3,650 nests on the county's 24-mile coastline. Illegal to harm, harass, or take sea turtles, their eggs, or hatchlings. I mean, who would do that anyway? But 70% of the nation's sea turtle nesting takes place on Florida's beaches. The season ends on October 31st. WABC News Time 540, the Supreme Court questioning the Biden administration's effort to cancel $400 billion in student loan debt. The high court hearing arguments and a pair of challenges to the initiative. What I think they argue that is missing is cost to other persons in terms of fairness, for example. Justice Neil Gorsuch pressing the uh, lawyer for the Biden administration on whether the administration took to an account the interests of those who did not take out loans to go to college, people who paid for it. He said the plan raised questions about the cost to other persons in terms of fairness, also noting that those who have already paid off their loans, should they get something as part of this or should we not do this at all? So we took this question to the streets as we always do with the pulse of the people and my good friend Bob Brown, of course, afternoon anchor here, 77 WABC, asking you, should the Biden administration be able to go ahead with canceling some student loan debt for people who recently graduated college? Here's what you had to say. Education is very important, and I think everyone should have the ability to learn about as much as we can. If some people don't have the ability to do that because of the money, I don't think that's okay. Like everyone's struggling right now, and especially um, since after the pandemic, a lot of uh, people my age and younger are struggling and uh, through no, no fault of their own. And so um, I know that a lot of the student loans are already uh, in the process of being forgiven, but um, I'm sure a lot of uh, young people such as me would appreciate it if um, more amounts would be forgiven. I'm, I'm just a single person working with trying to survive with the four kids and a family. And my son goes to college. And you know it's very expensive. It is. I pay uh, from my pocket almost 20000 a year. And so any help the government can Anything do in trying to forgive the loans would be helpful. Anything that can help. Anything. And I, think, I believe they can do it. I go back to the issue that college is too damn expensive. When did that happen? How did it happen so fast? I have a kid in college now. I can't even begin to tell you how much it costs. Crazy. NYU, $70,000 a year. The average college in New York City, $50,000 a year. Makes it so most people can't afford it. A middle-class person can't afford to spend fifty grand a year on college. So, of course, people go into debt. So we got to figure it all out, all at once. Uh, we won't because we're never good at that kind of thing. But uh, maybe we're paying people at college too much to be professors. Or we get, whatever. Uh, 70 grand. You shouldn't have to pay 70 grand to go to college. WABC News Time 543. 
A House Democrat suggests the best way to tighten border security is to increase the number of people working at the border. However, Homeland Security ranking member Benny Thompson says Republicans are politicizing the issue. But a question remains, do we want to finally overcome our border challenges or do we want to use this issue for partisan attacks? Mississippi congressman. We'll see. Oh, sorry, Benny. The Mississippi congressman emphasizing the need to treat migrants with dignity, and he called out Republicans for turning border challenges into a partisan issue. Our colleagues across the aisle must acknowledge the humanitarian tragedy at our borders and, incre- and the increasing threat that the Mayorkas border crisis places on every congressional district in this nation. Yes, there's a lot of Democrats, of course, up here that would argue with some of the statements that Benny Thompson just made there, saying, hey, 45,000 migrants have been bussed here to New York City, overwhelming our budget, $2 billion. That's what the mayor suggested it'll cost New York to house and feed and take care of these migrants. More, by the way, on the way. WABC News Time 544. President Biden suspending cuts demanded by Republicans in exchange for raising the debt limit would damage entitlement programs to millions of Americans depend on. We got no business playing politics with the lives of the American people and our nation's economy. Biden uh, accused what he called so-called MAGA Republicans uh, of targeting the Affordable Care Act. He said gutting the programs would strip health care away from millions of Americans. They want to eliminate a lot of health care coverage, those MAGA Republicans, increase costs for millions of Americans and make deep cuts in programs that families and seniors depend on. How Republicans say, hey, they're just being fiscally responsible and they hate that uh, they he calls them MAGA Republicans. A lot of them are like, what are you talking about? We're just trying to be fiscally responsible. Biden says House Republicans making demands in exchange for their votes. They should. That's why they're lawmakers. Compromise. That's what it's called. All right. I'll get off my soapbox. WABC News Time 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. And here's Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Noam Aladen. Start on the hardwood here. The Nets, they ran into the buzzsaw. That is the Milwaukee Bucks last night, losing 118-104 to at a home, while the Bucks secured their 15th straight win and now sit a half game above the Boston Celtics for first place in the Eastern Conference. No surprises in the box score with Giannis leading all scorers with his 33 points and his return to the floor after missing Sunday night's game with a bruised right quad. Mikel uh, Bridges led the Nets with his 31 points in 37 minutes on the floor, and he, had, and he had this to say following the game on the loss. Credit to them. That's, you know, I mean, I think they're the top defense in the league, and, you know, they, they got the, the coaches and the players. But, uh, yeah, we weren't getting stopped, so it kind of set their half-court defense. Up next for the Nets is the short trip to MSG tonight to battle the Knicks. That tip-off is set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. On the ice, the Islanders fell 2-1 to in a shootout to the Wild out in Minnesota. Josh Bailey was the lone goal scorer for New York. He gave the Isles an early 1-0 lead in the first before Minnesota's Ryan Reeves answered back just under five minutes later. Frederick Goudreau netted the winner in the shootout for the Wild as the Islanders look to bounce back when they host the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday night. The Devils and Rangers will return to the ice tonight. New Jersey gets set to take on the Avalanche in Colorado at 9 p.m. And the Rangers will be in Philadelphia to face off with the Flyers at 7.30. And the Rangers' very shiny new toy in newly acquired Patrick Kane. He won't don the blue shirt sweater until tomorrow night when the Rangers return home to welcome in the Ottawa Senators and Sidney Rosenberg. I will be there. Yeah. Yes, me and Gabriel and Pete Morgan all going together to see Pat Kane's Ranger debut at the Garden. Rangers are a little shorthanded tonight against the Flyers. I'll miss, I guess, one defenseman, right? Mm-hmm. But um, this is very, very exciting news. Something I've been telling you about now for a week, and you just kept poo pooing it. Well, because you kept saying it was kind of right around the corner. It's going to happen any minute. It happened. He he, he was right. Yeah, it happened. 
Was, say yeah. that again, Noam? You, uh, Sid was right. Yeah. Thank you, Noam. Oh, they pay you to say that, Noam. Well, they do, handsomely. Yeah. Well, they pay I me. I was to, right. They, they pay me to say it, too, for that matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, I, if, I, if I'm Adam Schefter or, like, Chris Mortensen, I'm running around town, I told you so. I'm not like that. I'm only going to do it two or three times today, and that's it. <laughs> So number 88, you'll see that in a blue shirt sweater tomorrow night in quick college basketball. Uh, Seton Hall last night falls 76-72 at home to Villanova. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Thank you. WABC News Time 549. Let's catch up on some of the big stories of the morning. A passenger train in Greece carrying hundreds of people, including lots of college students, returning home from holiday, colliding at high speed with an oncoming freight train. This is while we were sleeping. The fire wreck in northern Greece killed at least 36, uh, 85 injured. That number is expected to go up. Here is a passenger who was on board and escaped. There was panic for 10, 15 seconds. It was chaos, tumbling over, fires, cables hanging, broken windows, people screaming, people trapped. It was two meters high from where we jumped to leave, and beneath that was broken iron debris. But what could we do? Crash site about 185 miles north of Athens. Train had left the station in Athens. Survivors say several passengers they watched thrown through the windows of the train cars due to the impact. Just a really ugly scene in Greece. WABC News Time 550. This was breaking as we were going on the air. NYPD cops arresting a man who stole an American Airlines bus from JFK Airport. This was around 2 this morning. Then he took police on a long ride, uh, the Grand Central crossing into Manhattan, flying down the FDR over the Brooklyn Bridge where they finally caught up with this dope. Nobody heard, thankfully. He was the only person on the bus. Not sure why he did it, but the bus was running, jumped on, and he got away. And uh, out to, well, now he's under arrest. And out to Hoboken where crews have run on the scene of this massive water main break that uh, closed shops. People didn't have water for a couple of days. So the good news is the water is back on. I'm very upset about this situation. People can't flush their toilets, take showers, brush their teeth, these basic things. The, the bad news is the water's back on. Uh, the pressure apparently pretty good, but there's a boil water advisory. So you can shower. I guess you can cook with it if you boil, right? But you can't drink it. So there are water trucks, as there has been over the last uh, 48, 72 hours, set up all over the Mile Square City for people to fill up jugs and have drinking water until that boil water advisory goes away. WABC News Time 551. Singer Katy Perry breaking down on the set of American Idol. Sometimes I hesitate doing these stories because I don't know if it's legit and they're just having me, uh, they're, they're breaking down so they can have a moment so I'll talk about it and promote their show. But okay, I'm going to go for it anyway. This kid comes up, 21-year-old Trey Lewis, does one of these auditions, which are always so much fun to watch. He was great. And then he tells this backstory as they ask him afterwards that he was involved in a school shooting in 2018, a mass school shooting at Santa Fe High, in which a gunman killed eight students and two teachers. He survived it, but some of his friends did not. And Katy Perry got very emotional when she heard this story. This is not okay. You should be singing here because you love music. It's true. Not because you have to go through that I agree. You didn't have to lose eight friends. Yeah, Katy Perry on American Idol, a wild scene. Uh, you can see through a whole bunch of F-bombs there. Um, and uh, again, there she had her moment, and I guess I gave her a free moment to American Idol. 
People going crazy over Entenmann's. Did you hear about this? I kind of noticed it. I'm not a big Entenmann's guy, but for a long time, the Entenmann's box, the donuts, the crumb cake, those chocolate-covered donuts, they had cellophane. So you could see what was in the package. You'd hold it up, and you could see, oh, there's like six donuts. So at some point over the last couple of years, they took that cellophane away, Entenmann's, and they put just a cardboard top that showed exactly what you looked at when the cellophane was there. So if there were six donuts, now there was a picture of the six donuts. So apparently people are up in arms about this. I, I wonder where people have time to be up in the arms about an Entenmann's box. I don't have that kind of time, but apparently there's people out there who do. And uh, they wrote to the company that they want the cellophane back. And enough people, I guess, got on Entenmann's case that they are bringing the cellophane back. And uh, you'll be able to see your donuts and crumb cake up close. All right. <laughs> Again, too much time on your hands. Uh, longtime anchor Hoda Kotb hasn't been on the Today Show for more than a week. And normally when these anchors go missing, there is some form of explanation. She's on vacation. She's sick, whatever it is. Nothing, nothing at all. Radio silent from the hosts on the show. Kotby is a 58, has not made an appearance on the Today Show since February 17th when she taped something for a President's Day episode. Um, uh, here's a, well, here's a little bit of her. This decade of my life is by far the best decade I have ever had. And I would never have imagined that to have been a possibility. Yeah, so the thought is things are pretty good. I guess she got divorced from her husband recently, but she's got two young kids. Then she's doing this weird stuff that sometimes people do. They put out weird messages on their Instagram. She's got about two 2.2 million followers on Instagram. And so uh, she put up a picture the other day with two hearts and it said, choose hope. So we're like, what's going on? Why isn't she there? And then you had this other bizarre moment uh, yesterday on the Today Show. 7.30, Savannah Guthrie was there doing the show like she normally does. When they come back from the break, she's gone. Where has she gone? Uh, she tested positive for COVID in the middle of the show and they yanked her off the show. So... Well, weird times of the Today Show will follow that, of course. 5.55 WABC News time. Yoko Ono has quietly quit New York City after 50 years, and she's relocated to an upstate farm that she and her late husband, John, purchased together 42 years after the Beatle was famously shot, of course, outside the Dakota building in Manhattan. She was, I mean, talk about somebody who's gigantic New York City supporter, doesn't get any bigger than Yoko Ono. Of course, she lived right across the street from where they set up that tribute to her late husband, Strawberry Fields, this fantastic little tiny park inside Central Park where they celebrate John Lennon's life every single day of the week, people playing guitar. Uh, uh, out on the scene, you'd see her all the time. But, you know, part of it is she's just an older woman, 90 years old. Can you believe that? Yoko's 90. So she's left Manhattan, and word is she's not coming back. Daily Mail saying that uh, Yoko has decided to relocate to this uh, farm. It's huge, gigantic farm, 60, 70 acres, maybe more than that. And that she has no plans to return to that seventh floor, nine-room Upper West Side apartment that she shared with John. Of course, she was murdered right in front of it. Uh, but she was, I mean, didn't get any bigger of a New Yorker than Yoko Ono. But she says, no, done, going to live on the farm for the rest of my life. WABC News Time, 557, traffic, transit, and weather on the 7s. Here's Joan Owen.
Did we lose Joe? No Joe? All right. Maybe uh, Joe's uh, out, out getting an Entenmann's cake because, uh, you know, they're on sale this week. All right. Prince Harry set to unpack his experiences with a controversial trauma expert on Saturday during a virtual event in which attendees can submit questions for the former royal to answer. This is, by the way, this couple said they moved to America for their privacy. He didn't like being a member of the royal family. And meanwhile, all they've done is they produce Netflix shows. He has this book out. And now he's doing this thing where you can watch him online. You have to pay, by the way. Harry, whose memoir, Spare, topped the bestseller charts, will join Canadian doctor and author, Gabriel Mate for this intimate conversation, but how intimate? Because people will be watching. You can purchase tickets. You can purchase tickets to watch this thing for thirty-four bucks. Okay, so you can watch him in a therapy session for thirty-four bucks. But they want their privacy. Go figure. 